Hello and welcome to the teaching podcast of Coastal Community Church, where our mission is to be love in Jesus Christ to the lost and found in our community. For more information about what Coastal is all about, visit SebastianChurch.com. Now please prepare your hearts to receive whatever God may have for you in today's sermon. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. You can have a seat. Uh, my name is Seth. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm excited to be worshiping with you this morning. <gasps> I'm lit, brah. Look at that. Let's go. Okay. You ready? Later on today, I feel like I should have a pipe. Later on today, we'll be hearing from our team who just came back from Uganda. But for right now, I felt it was important for us to talk about why we go in the first place. Um, first of all, happy to see you here. Do you guys like hot dogs? Everybody, if you're not a hot dog eater, just come and like fellowship, but tonight we're eating hot dogs. Come back here tonight. Trevor will have more information about that in a minute. Um, so, not long ago, my brother and I were in North Carolina mountain biking, and after 30 miles and, and over, over two and a half days of mountain biking, I was ready for a change because what I do here and call mountain biking is not actually mountain biking. It's like sand riding, okay? Not at all. I, they, we, they have uphill, like, you know, they have the downhill, they call it downhilling, and I'm like, I'm all for that. Like, I, I got the, the, the athleticism for downhill. It's the uphill that kills me, right? So after three days of that, we go to uh, whitewater rafting uh, on the... Nantahala, or as the locals call it, Nantahala uh, River uh, in North Carolina. Beautiful place, beautiful. And um, you should go. And so before you get in your raft and just go, they wanna brief you. And so Nate and I, my brother and I, we, uh, we, get, we are getting a, what we call a two-person ducky, which is basically an inflatable canoe, uh, that holds two people. And they tell you, uh, as, as, as uh, hey, we're gonna call your name and then you go to your briefing. And so we were kind of just chilling by the water, watching it, and uh, our name finally got called. And they tell you, uh, hey, we just want you to know this is a high-risk adventure experience. Okay, and I'm like, woo, count me in, right? All right, let's go. And then they say, um, we have helmets. Um, you have to have a life preserver, but you don't have to have a helmet. If you choose not to wear a helmet, you could flip over, hit a rock, and get a concussion and die. And then there's these currents. I don't know what they're called, but it's kind of like a toilet bowl. Somebody shout it out if you know what I'm talking about. I don't know. Anyway, we're from Florida, Whirlpool, but there's some jet or something. Anyway, and you get stuck in it, and it, we did, because um, we had to. Um, the, you know, the ducky just started doing like this, like like backwards clock. And then, and we got out, obviously, because we're here. But they said, if you fall out in that, you could get sucked under and die. And then they said also, like, um, if you, if someone falls out, uh, let them go. No, just kidding. <laughs> if someone falls out, everybody who's in the area should stop with their, stop moving forward so they can stop and go and rescue them do whatever it takes to get them out of the water because they could die. die, yeah. And they're like, hope you guys are ready, let's go. And I'm like, uh, all right, let's go. And uh, so we, we, we went, I made it back, I made it through. Uh, we, we went all the way through, we didn't die. 
But I'm glad that I didn't stop just because there was a chance, a risk. And I'm glad, by the way, someone did fall out of a boat nearby us and, um, and I was like, remember your briefing, Seth, remember your briefing. <clears throat> and uh, Nathan and I, in the two-person boat, we were able to muscle over, throw a paddle in and pull the lady up until we could get to her boat. It was exciting. This is what we're called to do as believers. We are called to an adventure. Every Sunday, we have a briefing here, sometimes even in between. If you go to a life group, we have a briefing here every Sunday, and it's not so we can sit here and enjoy the briefing. It's so we can send you out to go in a great adventure that may involve rescuing one or more people in an effort to transform this world we live in with the love of Jesus. We have a core value at Coastal and it's called Worldwide Impact. We have a lot of core values on our website. You can check it out. Worldwide Impact, and here's how it goes. We endeavor to impact our community and the entire globe by sharing the way of Jesus. That's how we believe this world will be changed. In Matthew chapter 20, verses 19 and 20, Jesus says, one of the last things he says before, before leaving this earth in a physical body is therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And, sure, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus, uh, in his ministry, as it begins, he sends out the apostles like he sends out all of us. And he sends out the apostles as his ministry is just getting started. And this is what he says the work is going to look like. Matthew chapter 10, verse eight. Now, I didn't put any of this on the screen because we're supposed to be really quick at this part so that we can get to the part where you guys are gonna hear from the team. This is me being quick. Matthew 10, eight. Uh, Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Jesus is telling them this adventure, this kingdom is not so that you can sit in your briefing and that's the end. This this adventure, this briefing is so that you can be sent out to the world to heal the sick, raise the dead, you cast out demons to look for the places of hell on earth and to cast it out in heaven's name. So here's the problem. This is why we have hell on earth is uh, sin brought it here. Now that's not the way it always was. God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth. And throughout those next couple chapters, he creates everything and, and says that it is good. Oh, he looks at everything and everything is good, except for Adam. Of course, he says, Adam, boy, you need some help. Let's get you some, let's get you some help. And, and, but everything, he says, it is good, right? It didn't take long for good to turn to hell. And by, verse, by chapter three, um, Adam and Eve were doing their own thing. And by chapter four, Cain had murdered Abel. And we have the world with chaos that we live in now that's full of hell on earth. Didn't, wasn't always that way. So I'm grateful that even though we live in a world where hell has come to earth, heaven has also come to earth. 
when God sent his son because he loved the world so much, he sent his son because he loved us to, and died for us. Jesus, sorry, he sent his son so that Jesus could die for us so that we could be rescued from the hell on earth and beyond earth. Matthew eleven forty five. 45, <clears throat> I wanna tell you this is when, when Jesus is beginning his ministry and John the Baptist, um, I know you guys know Baptists, right? Um, and, and Baptists love fried chicken. Well, back then this Baptist, he liked uh, honey glazed locusts, right? And, uh, and he, wore, he wore like chafing camel clothes and stuff like that. And, and so maybe not the Baptist you're, you're familiar with, but he, he asks, is this Jesus the Messiah that we've been waiting for? For all 39 books of the Old Testament, is this the Jesus who has been prophesied about? And Jesus tells his disciples to go tell, tells uh, his disciples, go tell John this, Matthew 11, four and five. Go back and go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to the poor. Jesus is saying, look, here's the proof. Here's the proof that I am the Messiah. Heaven has come to earth. That's the reality we now get to live in. Heaven has come to earth. And as Jesus is getting his ministry started, he says, I got a new command for you. Because this kingdom of heaven that's coming to earth that is now here, I have a new command that's consistent with this new kingdom. John 13, 34 says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. That's a pretty easy one, right? We wear the t-shirt, be love, right? We got it, right? It's easy. Do you guys have any, um, you got any uh, people that are hard to love? I like this new thing I can just get right up. I mean, you guys are brave right here. Yep. Uh, just raise your hand if you have anyone, uh, you know, if they're next to you, they, they were nudging in first service, be more holy than that. But you got anyone that's hard to love? Anyone difficult to love? Okay, good. Yes, a few. Okay, the reason why people are hard to love is that they have hell at work inside of them. Okay, say it with me. Okay, if you're online, type it in the comments. People are hard to love because they have hell inside of them. Say it with me. People are hard to love because they have hell inside of them. Okay, and then Jesus says, love one another. We're supposed to love the hell out of people. Right? No, that's, that's what we're called to do. You're like, no, they're hopeless. I don't wanna deal with them. Love the hell out of them. Love them to the point that hell no longer has the power and authority over that relationship. Love them to the point that they've been set free from hell and been liberated with heaven coming to earth. Now don't, please, don't go to your friends, coworkers, neighbors, definitely not your spouse and go, you know why you're so hard to love? My pastor says it's because you have hell at work in you. <laughs> yeah, says I'm supposed to love the hell out of you. Your pastor said that? Okay, just make sure you don't take it out of context. Literal, hell. All right. 
so we learned that we become a part of this kingdom of heaven because of what Jesus did and how he adopted us into his family. Ephesians 2, 6 and 7 says, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in, in the future ages as an example of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. So we are the living reality that heaven has come to earth. People say, hey, is Jesus, does God exist? They should be able to look inside these walls. They should be able to look inside your lives and go, heaven has come to earth. Clearly a new kingdom is here because I'm seeing the results of it in your families. I'm seeing the results of it in, in uh, addicted being freed. I'm seeing the results of it in, in single moms having the opportunity to pull themselves up. I'm seeing, I'm seeing he heaven come to earth, even in schools where God is supposedly not allowed. Kids are bringing heaven to those places. As we talk about Uganda today, there's a lot of hell on earth in every place, but we've been called to go beyond just our little local Wabasso, Sebastian, Fellsmere, Vero Beach, because our mission, our adventure is bigger than that. So we've been called, it says, to every nation. And uh, specifically for Coastal, we've been connected to Mission Uganda, to, to Imani Malele children in Uganda for some years. And there's a lot of work to do there in bringing heaven to earth. Um, some of the things that make Uganda a challenging place where hell is present almost everywhere you look, one in every four children is orphaned. Um, there's three million orphaned children in Uganda. Uh, there's about 40 million people, total population in Uganda, which is the population of Canada. And Uganda's the size of Oregon. Now, Oregon's population is 3 million. So if you were to take every orphan in Uganda and put them in Oregon, you'd have the equal population, only they would be entirely 100% all orphans. That's a big problem. There are so many health risks um, in Uganda, which is why we do a medical clinic there. Um, there is, uh, th they have, uh, the World Health Organization does a health risk assessment on each nation and the malaria health risk for Uganda is 100%. If you go there and you don't take your pills, right? Mualawange, my daughter, you will get malaria. The average monthly income is $72 per capita. Eight out of 10 children ages six to 10, only eight out of 10 are attending school. One out of four make it to high school, 25%. As things move forward, sex trafficking becomes more of an issue for every country 
Uh, our U.S. Department of State says that in, 20, in 2018, an international organization estimated that there are between 7,000 and 12,000 children exploited in sex trafficking in Uganda alone. Those who are most susceptible to these type of schemes are usually uneducated, poor children, orphaned children. And so these problems, this hell on earth, I mean, if you watch that movie, like, that's hell on earth. It doesn't have to be that way. So like the church is supposed to bring heaven to earth but we get distracted. Why is the church, I mean all churches, why are we not more active in bringing heaven to earth in our communities and around the globe? It's usually fear. I'm afraid I'm not good enough. I'm afraid we don't have enough money. I'm afraid it won't actually make a difference. And so we just sit in our briefing, knowing that we've been called to change the world, but doing nothing or too little to make an impact. But the kingdom of heaven is not a kingdom of fear. First Timothy uh, 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And John the Baptist was actually, as we, as we follow his life, he's actually... Uh, called on by Jesus to baptize him. And as we move past that, it says in Matthew 11, verse 12, from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Now, forcefully advancing is not like um, jihad, okay? It's not what we're talking about here. It is with intention, with purpose, that the kingdom of heaven and all things good are going into the places of hell and breaking in and bringing heaven there. This is like what the Bible says when it says, the gates of hell cannot stand against the church. The gates being a defensive mechanism, but heaven is on the offensive, going past the defensive to drag and rescue people from hell. And so we've been called to that adventure. In Matthew 6, 10, it says again, he said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, so I'm sending you. So you have been sent. You've been commissioned. You've been briefed. We brief you again every Sunday, just in case you forgot. And by the way, just so in case you think it's not important, Hebrews 10, 25, pastor's favorite verse, you know, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, right? So that you're ready for the adventure that God called you to, right? So God called us to be at work in Uganda. In 2011, long before I adopted my daughter from Uganda, um, in 2010, actually, Moses spoke at Coastal Community Church in the, in the middle school, and my heart was broken um, for the people of Uganda. We went there and we built a school in Lugazi. And when I came back, I was like, all right, I've seen, we're good. Um, we can send money, we know it's legit. We can send money there and help them. And in 2014, um, you guys all got really excited because the choir came here, Imani Malili Children's Choir came here and you're like, Pastor Seth, we gotta go back. We gotta do something in Uganda. And so we formed a team and we went. And this time with a team of 10 people, 
um, we got to see God work miraculous things. We treated, um, it, we set up a temporary medical clinic, treated over 1,100 people. As the team makes its way forward, I wanna share a few more details about what God has been doing in Uganda over the last several years. Um, in 2019, uh, our, team, our team had soared to uh, 46 um, Americans and 120 Ugandans. Um, over the last several years, we've been able to see uh, the exact thing that they were telling, go report back to John. You know, the blind see, Joreen, you remember that? The little girl, Joreen, baby Joreen, born with congenital blindness, she now sees. Um, demons cast out, um, skin diseases, right, Shelly? Shadrach, skin diseases cured. And all that's great as we teach kids uh, feminine hygiene, regular hygiene, teeth brushing, all these things. We're also teaching the gospel. And through, though we had uh, every bit of 30,000 patients treated over the last several years, um, every single one of those got to hear the gospel. And as a result, 2,000 have put their faith in Jesus. That is the kingdom of heaven. That's the kingdom of heaven advancing without anything standing in its way. And... Uh, this team went without me this year. We, we have, there's only three here, but actually we had a team of 15, right? It was 15 in total from America and then looked like uh, 20 or 30 Ugandans or so. So there you go. That team right there. So there's one missing. But um, so this team went without me. I was on sabbatical and even the, uh, the director of short-term missions uh, gets a break, I guess. So I was very proud to see this team go on without me and do some great work this year. So we have Leo here, we have Barbara here, and we have Nurse Linda here. And I want to, uh, we're gonna interview them. And uh, so Barbara, since you're holding the mic, um, why don't you tell me your role here at Coastal and then your role uh, on Mission Uganda? Uh, my role here at Coastal, I am the, I, I'm on the greeting team and also, I'm the janitor. Now, Ray, you what you do on Mission Uganda. And my role for Mission Uganda is I did vacation Bible school, and I was I also helped a little bit in medical, and on the last day I helped in sports. All right, very good, Leo. You want to tell us what your role here is at Coastal, and for those who don't know, and then uh, what you do. Uh, I'm Leo here at Coastal. I work on the production team. Also, someone reminded me earlier I'm an expert in rebooting the system here, especially on Sundays. <laughs> when uh, the screen goes black, it's usually you know, but Leo. <laughs> get it all up. Uh, I'm also volunteering in the facilities ministry. And for the ones of you that are on Facebook, every other week, uh, I host it with April. Oh, and now going to Uganda. Um, going to Uganda, I was part of the medical team. Uh, in Uganda, actually, the mission consists of three components. One is medical, one is sports, and one is VBS. So I, I was part of the medical team, and even though I don't have uh, a medical background, I did work there, and I worked in the laboratory. Uh, 
with the testing team. So I was a member of the testing team there. All right, thank you very much. And Linda, what did you do? Mission Uganda. Besides I being the chicken lady of Felsmere that we affectionately call you. <laughs> <laughs> I, we didn't have a surgical, so I did dental, which was, I've done some dental work before. And so I did, uh, I drew up local anesthetic and made packs and washed instruments and dispensed medications. And uh, the first couple of days I had to hold a few kids, but it got better after that because I really don't like holding kids for that stuff. So, but it, it, it worked out really well. We had some good dentists and pulled a lot of teeth. Um, and when she says a lot of teeth, teeth were pulled. I don't, I don't know if any children have any teeth left, uh, but why, why do you think they have so many cavities that they have to pull they teeth? Tooth, they don't have toothbrushes. They don't have toothbrushes. Yeah. So usually when we, when we come, we bring toothbrushes and toothpaste. So next year, we've got to make sure we hit up. Yeah. TCCH sometimes does that. Uh, did you want to say something? Oh, okay. Sir, yes. Talking about the dental hygiene. So actually, after the first day, we, each day we would have like a summary of the day and comments. And our dentist did bring that up. And, you know, we definitely think that it'd be nice if we could at least next year, make sure we have enough toothbrushes for all the kids and toothpaste, but also so start talking with Imani to start maybe a morning toothbrushing session with the kids to kind of get them into that habit of, of, of brushing their teeth. So I'm sure that'll be something on our plan for the upcoming year. All right, since you got the, you, you, you're gonna hang on to it. So where did you see it, God at work in your area of ministry or even outside of that? Where did you see God at work at Mission Uganda? Well, you know, when you're part of the medical team, a, a lot of people kind of wonder, why are we there? Because we show up there, we're there for two weeks and then we leave. Okay, so yeah, we, we look at children and stuff like that, but they say, where's the follow-up? As you're looking at those pictures behind there, there's, there's a picture of a young child, and he's like asleep at his desk. Now, this was during the Bible study, and he was ill. So after he came to our area, uh, running 104 degrees temperature, so as soon as we knew that, uh, one of the nurses gave him intravenous ibuprofen to bring down the temperature first. Uh, then we tested him because we had to determine what was the cause. It doesn't necessarily because he got a high fever, but uh, he was suffering with a severe case of malaria. And then we were able to treat him. But what's good is, is you know, within a few hours, he went from being that to a lot happier kid. You know, and, and we saw that with a number of, of children that were, you know, ill. So it's maybe short term, but at least we're leaving these children, these, these individuals, with what's ongoing with them. Um, there was a serious, through all the schools, we had a serious problem with fungus, um, which is usually parasitical or something like that. So... We gave all the children medicine to treat fungus. We also gave them medicine to treat vitamins to help them out. So to me, 
it's short term, but it's very valuable because when you see these children smile, it, it, it uplifts you a lot. Now, we're, we're, and in fact, where I saw where God was working the most on was really not on them, but on us. A lot of us, um, based on what we saw, and I, would, I, I think it, it made an impact, you know, we felt, you know, trust God. God wants you to live by faith, and he kind of shows it to you there. So that's where, for me, it, it really touched me. And it even touched some of the Ugandans. We had um, one of the doctors who actually, for the first week, was our lead doctor. Um, before she left, she said, she said to us, this, there, there's things here I've seen that have really stirred my heart. Hmm. And... I definitely need to have a discussion with God. And I didn't tell you that. She said that if we tell her when we're having our next mission next year, she will free up her calendar to make herself available for yes. us. That's good. Praise God. I want, uh, <clears throat> it it kind of leaves an impact on you. Um, I didn't even go and I ended up crying about, some, you know, just hearing the stories and, um, it is, uh, it's emotionally heavy um, to, to see the work being done, to hear the stories, uh, to be in front of the child. You know, it's easy for us here to go, oh, we just don't have those issues here. But when the kid's sitting in front of you, uh, when you see the, the pain, that's when you realize we can do something. We can make an impact. And um, you know what? You can preach Jesus all day long, but if you don't meet needs, nobody hears it. And um, Linda, I, wanna, I, want, I want you to piggyback on what Leo was saying. When we talk about sustainable medical, um, for those who don't know, uh, Uganda has a corrupt and dysfunctional medical uh, system. And uh, so a lot of the things we do are, are replacing some of those missing areas that don't exist in the, medic, medical, in the medical care system of Uganda. So what impact do you see uh, with, with your work there? I think uh, another case that, that we saw at the end of the day was uh, Alice. Alice was, was she about seven? I guess she was about seven and she had a huge distended stomach and she, her eyes were jaundiced and the kid, she was just like a statue. She was in so much pain. And she was in sickle cell crisis, which is a very painful condition. <clears throat> and Beatrice, our pediatric nurse, she works in, at a pediatric hospital in Savannah. She said, when they have kids that come in that, have, that are in sickle cell crisis, they give them a morphine pump because that's how severe the pain is. And so Alice is walking around in a village like that with no health care. And so... Uh, we raised enough funds, sent her to Kampala. She had, her hemoglobin was three, and the normal hemoglobin is 12 to 14, so the kid had no blood. And that was from the damage, the sickle cell had damaged all her blood cells, so they gave her transfusions and treated her in the hospital, and uh, she's gonna need a splenectomy, and they've raised quite a few funds, I know, a couple thousand dollars, I think, mm -hmm. at least. Um, and uh, the last picture we had of her when Amani took, when they got her out of the hospital, they bought her a new dress and she's got a smile and a thumbs up. But she's gonna take, I don't know, her life expectancy maybe 20, 
But what we can do is, medical cost over there is not that severe, is we can continue to support her and make her life better for that time. Because it's, when you're off in a remote area like that and you're suffering, you don't have the resources, it's just a terrible way to live, you know, for a child, anyone. Thank you, Linda. Mm -hmm. um, I want to, uh, Barbara, do you, uh, you worked in medical clinic for, for one day. Do you want to speak to anything? I mean, some might not know that you come from Uganda. Do you want to, do you want to explain how that connection works for you and... She also speaks the language, so that's helpful. What did you do in the medical clinic? Um, so when I worked in the medical clinic, I, I took, um, I wrote down the kid's height. So they will have to stand on like the wall and I'll write that. Some of them were very scared because they didn't understand exactly what I was doing, but they started crying. I was like, it's okay. You don't have to cry. I'm just taking your height. Did you say it like that or what? No, did I said it in Luganda, but yeah. <laughs> I was laughing while I did it because it was funny to me because they were crying over it. <laughs> wow, so compassionate. Um, <laughs> and what, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to um, be a nurse when I grow up. Well, I'm already going. So that you can laugh at people <laughs> when they're in pain? No, because originally when um, the reason why I wanted to be a nurse was because of Mission Uganda, because I love helping people and I love Uganda. So that's the reason why I want to be um, a nurse, so I can go more times on mission trips to Uganda other than just the summertime to be able to, like grow it, if that makes sense. Good, and now shifting to your work in uh, dance and drama and stuff like that, why don't you tell, tell everybody what we did or what you guys did um, uh, in the children's ministry? So for Vacation Bible School, we made um, the salvation bracelets, um, explaining the salvation of Jesus Christ. So... We, there was, I think there was four colors. There was yellow, black. Leo has one on. So the yellow ones mean means heaven. Black means sin. Red means the blood of Jesus. White means the clearness, cleanness that you're clean. And then green means a, to grow our relationship with Christ. So we did a few examples, like showing the kids, um, like an example of sin, like disrespecting your parents, and the, like when Hang you on, don't. That happens in Uganda. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just, just here. Yes. So we like we explain to them like if you don't believe like we showed them the example of sin and then what your life is like after like when you accept it when you accept Christ. And and uh, like that, and then we also did the um, the like the food coloring water analogy analogy like the red you put the dye in that represents your sins, and then went 
like when you accepted Christ, the water turns clear. So we did that, and then we did, um, we did music at the end, and then we prayed for all the kids that were going to. So there was seventh, like after seventh grade, the kids uh, they have to take a test to determine if they go to high school. So we prayed for those kids so they do well on their test. All right, good. Thank you for your work there. <clears throat> so I feel like right now is a good time to talk about uh, some, some numbers. And um, so, and I'm just gonna tell you, some of these numbers, uh, you know, Leo was working in the lab, so he, uh, he got to see all the positive and negative tests. Feels that maybe we missed a few. <laughs> but uh, malaria, we have, uh, these are the stats that have been shared with us. Malaria is 220 cases, 88 alone in Gulu, which is the northern region. Um, those of you who remember, uh, like uh, early 2000s, Lord's Republic Army, LRA, Coney, the movie and that stuff, all that's the child soldiers, all that's there. Um, very poor region, 88 alone from there. Um, typhoid, two cases, 98 other d diseases, diabetes, et cetera, 30 cases of mumps, 231 cases of ulcers, 837 upper respiratory infections, hyper some hypertension in adults. Um, as uh, Leo said, fungus on the scalp, um, 500 teeth pulled messages. Uh, uh, so, um, um, actually, as a result of uh, Barbara and the, the sports team and the dance team and the VBS team, um, 576 children gave their life to Jesus this year. <laughs> um, as a result of the medical team, 2,743 patients were treated. Um, Lou, you wanna explain, um, those are patients that were actually ill or at least uh, screened uh, entirely, um, but the numbers are higher in those that we actually had an impact on. Yeah, so the, the goal of the medical team was to see all the children at the eight schools. So we actually did not see the Lusaka kids. That was the first school, but that one we didn't get to see. But we went to all the other seven schools. So Imani handles between all the eight schools about 4,500 children. Plus they have the staff. So when you probably round it out, you're talking approximately 5,000 individuals. So you take Lusaka out of it, you're probably somewhere in the 42 to 4300 range. Well, we saw every single one of those. Now out of those, as those numbers showed, there was like 2500 that actually needed. And actually there's probably more because we tried to give to each child some fungus medicine and also vitamins. So, so we tried to, to provide them all. There was times that the pharmacy and we had a line going out, out the door because we shared the same area as they did. So we needed to make sure that, because a lot of them were coming back to us and we had to say, no, you're done with us. You have to go over there to get your medicine. So, so we saw a lot of, lot of individuals that we treated. Um, there was another area that no one talked about and I didn't even talk about the first time. The children really like to see us coming. Not because they get to do sports and all that, but there's also another reason. 
on that day, they get a special meal. Now, we probably, if I asked you what's a special meal, I don't think you would define it as they define it. On that day, they actually get rice. Rice, they get rice. Upgrade. And with the rice, they get a piece of beef about the size of a four ounce filet mignon, maybe a bit smaller. And then... Two ounces, I'd and, say, and, yeah. Huh? About two ounces, huh? a little, you know, with sauce on it. And then the, you know, the icing on the cake, they get a soft drink. And if you would see, when they're lining up for that lunch, how happy they are, and they got their bowls, and it's like, ooh, this is, this, is, this is like a big event. So, you know, for the rest of us, definitely for me, I, I really felt that was a humbling moment to see how these kids have smiles ear to ear for that special treat, because that's not what their normal daily food consists of. All right, Leo, tell us why you joined and why you're coming back next year. <laughs> well, no originally, originally I joined in 2019 because the guy you see standing back there talked me into it. So, so I, I joined that year, and I was supposed to go back the following year because you go there and, yep. But COVID hit, and, and I didn't go. And, you know, as time passes, you kind of forget why <laughs> you wanted to go back. But I'd said I'd go back, so this year I went back. And to be frank, there was a little while, you know, when you have to have faith, I think God taught me faith because as Seth indicated, you know, unfortunately for him, he, he couldn't be there. And then we had other roadblocks, so... To be frank, I was kind of wondering, how well is this going to go? <laughs> okay? I, I seriously doubt it. I said, oof, this is, I'm going, but how is this going to turn out? But God was there. God did it. We, we, we visited these seven schools, and believe me, it's, 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 it's tiring. You know, we crisscrossed that country. Now, remember what Seth says, the size of Oregon. So the... After we left Lusaka, we had to go up to Gulu, and that's like 10 hours away on a road that will... Uh, <laughs> Make you have to pee. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, put it this way, anyone yeah. complains about the roads anywhere in the U.S., I got news for you. Our roads here are the best. So, so I doubted it, but God... But while I was there, and I promised my wife that that was going to be my last time. One of the reasons, as, as indicated, you go there, a lot of people come back sick. Barbara came back sick. And she's, she's Lugandan. You know, we had one member of, he was a Lugandan, was on our team. He came down with malaria, so we had to treat him. So, and there's plenty of other stuff you can catch, believe me. You find out when you're there. So I kind of said, hmm, I'm at an age and everything. Thanks for that commercial, Leo. It's going to be great, you know, recruiting after. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, have to, you, have to, you have to, you know. Yeah, so, so here I you am thinking, healthy. this is it. I'm not going back. I'm over there. And God is like saying, no, I'm not done with you yet, Leo, hmm. <laughs> as far as Uganda's concerned. You, you need to come back. Hmm. 
So, of course, it involved a conversation with my spouse because I kind of promised her I wasn't going to go <laughs> anymore. And, and we talked it over and we prayed. And, and at the end of the day, I'm going back. But I have to imagine since he wants me there, he's going to make it happen. So Yes. All right. Pastor Barbara. Did yeah. COVID hit Uganda? Yeah, they had COVID. Um, COVID shutdowns in Uganda. Uganda was the last country on the planet to reopen. They didn't open until February 2022. <clears throat> so if you can imagine being children being behind two years in school and many people, uh, the healthcare system shut down. And unless you had COVID, you weren't treated. And uh, so many people died of simple things during that time, and healthcare is way behind now. All right. You know, they have public health care in Uganda. The issue is you go to the hospital, they'll diagnose you, let's say, with malaria, but then they'll tell you, we just don't have medicine here. We're mm -hmm. out of medicine. So they'll say, well, you have to go into the, because there's also a private sector. So they say, well, you're going to have to go to the private sector. But when you're earning, what, $72 a month, you know, to go pay for that medicine is just not, not feasible. So these people, a lot of them, unfortunately, are very ill, and, and some of them, more, more than enough of them die. Mm. So, uh, Leo... We're looking forward to you coming back. And um, so I, I am, I, I'm, a, I'm a volunteer. I don't, um, I don't make any money for Imani, but I am uh, the director of short-term missions for Imani, and this is my role. Um, but as our church has grown, I've needed leaders to step up uh, just to make it sustainable for me. And um, so I've, I actually asked Leo, hey, Leo, man, I need help leading. So uh, God called him for a reason. So we appreciate you, Leo. All right. Barbara, why don't you, I don't know if you shared your Ugandan name in, in this service. Do you want to share your Ugandan name and then tell us why you joined and why you're coming back? My Ugandan name is Naruweiso. There'll be a quiz afterwards. Um, why? This is my third year going to Uganda on a mission trip. Because I was born from there. Um, I'll... I'm definitely going back because I feel like God's calling me to it. And I'm hoping by next year I'll be able to be help in medical. We'll see. And I really recommend going because it definitely makes a big impact on, on your life. Like, um, the kids are just like, just so full of joy. And then it makes you feel so like, like, I definitely recommend going. <laughs> when she gets tired or nervous, uh, she does better with Luganda. So, so and um, I'm grateful to have Barbara. You know, God wove this into our plan. Um, you know, when we started t 2010, we're, you know, and we had other children in our house when we learned about Barbara, but um, uh, God kind of put Uganda in our home 
and um, she's taught me a lot of Luganda. She thinks I speak it really poorly, um, but she, she still tolerates me and helps me, helps me learn, and she's so valuable over there because she understands where these kids are coming from. Um, to, be, you know, to be an orphan herself, she understands what it's like, and she understands the, uh, their needs, and she's able to talk to them in ways that we can't. So, all right, Linda, why'd you join? Why are you coming back? Because we know you are. Uh, why I joined, I was really kind of thinking, because that was a really long time ago. It was ago. a long time ago. It's 10 years now. 10 well, years when you decided. In 2013, I did a, a medical mission to Kamiagua, Honduras, with an organization out of Palm City. And then in the first part of 14, actually, I did a medical mission with them again in, in the Dominican Republic. So I was kind of primed for medical missions. And then when this came out, um, I kind of got uh, pulled in. Came out. You told us to do it. Well, you know, it's, 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 so, you know, so I was like, okay, well, we can do this because, you know, I've seen this done before. Of course, it was, uh, it was fun. It was uh, a desk under a jackfruit tree in the pseudo ICU with bed sheets hung up for cubicles. Do you guys want to show uh, the last, the previous presentation? You can show the jackfruit tree with me, with Daphne, um, where, this is where it all started right there under that tree desk under there and a line of people. And you remember Zsa Zsa, they had her on a mat and they kept scooting yep. her up. She was about 100 years old. Yes. Um, but we had IVs hanging from the sticks in the windows and people just laid on, on mats on the floor. It was a dirt floor. And uh, they just kept coming. And we kept doing things. And, uh, they, and more of them came. Every, yes. Every day. But we got them all, I guess we got them all seen. Yes. And uh, it was... Uh, the pharmacy was in the church, and it was some long days, but it was great. It was a cool experience. So we're grateful to have these team members. I know, I, I know maybe going to Uganda isn't necessarily your thing, or God's saying, hey, this is your thing. This was your briefing. <laughs> Grab the paddle, let's go. Um, or it's something else, you know? We, we have some adoptive and foster, uh, foster care people in here that, that have taken the paddle and, you know, those of us crazy people in that way, maybe God's calling you to something different. Whatever he's calling you to, whatever he's briefing you on, go out and bring heaven to the places of hell on earth. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for uh, this team, the team represented uh, from Uganda and all around the US. Lord, we pray your blessing over each and every child and adult that was impacted by this mission. Would you multiply the efforts as the local churches follow up with those who received Christ, as the schools give Bibles to the children that put their faith in Jesus and they set up worship uh, services for those children who aren't even able, aren't even allowed to attend because of their parents' Muslim faith. Would you grow them with that, like that green bead? Would you grow them in Christ? And Father, would you grow us with these experiences as we go down these rapids, may you prepare us for the next. Get us ready, get us excited. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you were blessed by today's teaching. We would love to connect with you, and here are some ways you can connect with us. You can submit a prayer request, find a life group, or check out some of the upcoming events at sebastianchurch.com. Join us here again for the next episode.